Welcome to Falcons on Corona, a podcast about the effect the COVID-19 virus has on Xavier High School in Middletown, Connecticut. I'm your host, Zach Carlone. Welcome to episode two of Falcons on Corona. In episode one, um, the connection between myself and Xavier High School, um, the high school I graduated from, was simply breezed over uh, just for the purpose of you know, telling you guys a little bit more about the school and um, what it was all about. And to start this episode, I would really love to go back. And oftentimes in Xavier, when your religion teachers would tell you to, to reflect, and I think that's a good place to start this episode, I want to reflect on my time at Xavier and the special connection that it had to me, along with um, the school I go to now, which is Springfield College up in Massachusetts. I went to Xavier out of um, multiple options of different other schools, um, my public high school, which wasn't great at the time and, and still to this day, in my opinion, I don't think the education or uh, community level there is is quite the same to many of the other private high schools in the, in the state of Connecticut but you know I went to Xavier because of family values and family morals my parents looked at Xavier and also Northwest Northwest Catholic as two potential schools for my oldest brother to attend um and, and ultimately um you know the three of them uh, selected Xavier, um, which was quite odd, you know, an all boys Catholic high school, you don't think much of it. Um, and really right from there, we followed suit with the rest of my brothers. Um, I was third in line. Uh, I was the third to graduate in my family from there. And really it was, um, it was of sentimental value that all four of us managed to get our high school degrees from such a prestigious place um, in Connecticut. It, it really was. Outside of the um, rather difficult and rigorous academic workload that Xavier, you know, is known to give you, the strict policies that it has, you know, shirt and tie every day, hair a certain length, you must be clean shaven. Um, outside of those strict restrictions and, and rules, you know, outside of this box that it, it holds its traditions in that, you know, they're going to carry out for, for quite some time. It's been over 50 years that they've carried those traditions now. There's a lot to take away from um, such a such a, a grand school in the area. Um, its philosophy is built on not just educating the person academically. And to me, that that's huge, you know, going to high school, going to college, you know, it seems like that's all that you're going for, you know, academics, trying to get a degree in, in some sort of area of study and, and trying to get a job. Whereas, you know, a school like Xavier, and, and I'll connect it even back to Springfield College, their focus is to educate the whole person. Um, 
at Springfield College, we call it uh, the, the pyramid of spring, spirit, mind, and body. And, you know, at Xavier, they want to see you grow in all three of those areas as well, um, just with the religious aspect in mind. Um, as it's been a Zavarian school for, like I said, over 50 years now, um, it's always going to be like that, and they're always going to have that on their minds. Um, but it's a very strikingly similar um, and often scary um, how crazy similar they are um, in both of those philosophies. Having three brothers go through the school as well as myself, um, I was pretty much involved with um, this school in one way or another, in some scope or another. Um, Throughout however many years we were, you know, still academically enrolled there um, for, you know, just under 10 years, nine, 10 years, which is crazy to think about. My oldest brother um, enrolled as a freshman in 2009, and my youngest brother graduated from there in 2018. Um, so really, just to put on uh, a focus on, like, how big of a role Xavier put into, you know, growing up for me as a, as a, you know, a teen um, and now a college student, that's how much of my life was um, trenched in, you know, the, the philosophy and the learnings of, of such a great high school, like Xavier high school. It was that amount of time. And, and that's why, you know, it was so important to me to, to make connections, to live out their morals and their, and there are lessons that they're teaching you every day. Their motto is to be a man, a man like Christ. And, you know, to this day, I, I still feel like I'm trying to live by that. And even going to Springfield College now as a junior um, and living through three years of that mission of, you know, bettering the person, spirit, mind, and body, they're, they coincide with one another. And, you know, that was a big thing about choosing college for me. Um the philosophies, you know, they worked out very well. Um, both schools um, are, are very community-based schools. They're, they they feel more like a community than they do a school, um, which is really awesome for, you know, for, for just the human in general. I mean, you know, I, I want to shy away, not disregard um, the big pandemic that we're all experiencing right now, but um, I really want to emphasize how important this school is for, you know, the growth of young people at the time and, and really how it gets you ready for um, life ahead beyond college even. Um, you know, I, I knew Xavier was, was always going to be in the back of my mind as soon as I graduated in 2017. You know, I've had friends there I met day one and I still have to this day. I, you know, I, I see them regularly. Um during breaks and stuff like that. And, you know, going to a school where, where none of your friends from high school went also, you know, it was a weird spin on things, but that was another thing I had to deal with, um, in this whole transition. But really, you know, I always knew something was going to happen where, okay, I would have to go back there at some point. Um, I've been itching to get back there and visit my teachers who have taught me so much throughout the years. Um, and stuff like that, it's, it's never going to not be like that. But, you know, with this podcast, I feel like 
in such a crazy time, in such a, a time of paranoia and um, worry, that we can take a step back and we can look at things through different lenses. And, and in the first episode, I, I love talking to Mr. and Mrs. Braycheck about, you know, their look at things. And, and even in this episode, you know, talking with Mr. Shreda, um, the big thing for me is to get some different perspectives on a very big lens of the world we live in today, which is a pandemic-filled world um, where normalcy is is not the normal. The headmaster of the school um, during my four years um, was Brother Brian, and he unfortunately retired from that position my senior year. Um, So starting with my brother's senior year, my youngest brother's senior year, um, to this day, they've had a new headmaster, Dave Eustace, who's done a great job of um, not only recruiting young men to to grow at such a great school, but also to, to live out and support this um, great philosophy that Xavier has. It's very much a community, and everybody feels that they have a part in the community. We don't leave anybody behind here, and I think that's really important. One of... Um, Headmaster Eustace's uh, right-hand men um, in administration is none other than um, Dean of Students Nick Serretta. Um, and before I introduce who, who he is, um, obviously he's the Dean of Students at Xavier High School, um, still holds that position. He's been in that position for 14 years now, um, going on to 15 this year. Um, but Outside of um, the walls of Xavier, um, Mr. Serretta's lessons and, you know, um, preachings were always to better um, the person. And yes, during school, he's the one who hands out detentions, who makes sure your act is in line. He would always tell kids to get haircuts if they need it or if they need to shave, uh, much like the teachers, but in a much more strict way. He would he would enforce that, which, you know, by the school's policy, that's his job. Um, but outside of that, you know, job inside the um, inside the school, um, you know, he really carried a, a big philosophy with him about bettering the whole person. And it really left a shock on my family and I. Um, him and my dad actually formed a, a pretty solid relationship as soon as my oldest brother um, was enrolled at Xavier. Um, to this day, um, they, they still text each other and um, ask how everybody's doing and stuff like that. You know, what are you doing for jobs and stuff? How are the kids doing in school? Um, so that's really nice, but I, that just shows how um, how influential really his teachings were to um, the Carlone family. Really, um, you know, like I said, we had you know nine, ten years in that school, and he was a part of every single one of them, um, and he was probably one of the only constant ones there. Um, outside of Principal Donahue and a couple other teachers whom we had almost every year. Um, Mr. Shredder was the guy to go to for, you know, um, 
you know, the real lessons outside of the classroom were, were from Mr. Shredda. And, um, you know, it, it was nothing but good things about him, really. On top of um, the daily um, job of dean of students for um, Nick, he also um, is the um, head varsity baseball coach. And he's has been in that position since 2015 when um, Rich Magner retired from that position and since then has been a guidance counselor for the school. Um, but yeah, you know, Mr. Shredda on and off the field, outside and inside of, of Xavier has really served as a, a very influential piece in, in my life. And I'm sure he's touched the lives of many that have gone through Xavier High School um, as one of the constant good voices to listen to um, if you're growing up. His view on the pandemic that's hitting the nation right now was um, very informational and it was a, a good lens to hear through what he had to say. Um, and really it was a relief to, to be able to reconnect and, and know that there is hope for a, a better day ahead. Basically how like what a typical day for you looks like now Obviously, I knew what it looked like back in back when we were in school, but what does a typical day look like for you now? Yeah, so that's an uh, interesting question. Um, you know, in my job, you never know what you're going to run into on a daily basis, obviously, uh, with working with students and, and everything else. And so, while it's certainly different now, not having the kids here, a, a big part of my job is, you know, having the kids in the building and mentoring them and guiding them and things like that. Uh, my schedule still is kind of like always up in the air. You know, I I'm fortunate enough to come in a few hours a day to the school. Um, you know, a lot of it is I do teach one class, my coaching class uh, in the spring semester. So I do work on that. Um, and then a lot of it is phone calls, emails, getting back to parents, getting back to students, uh, checking in with students. Um, you know, we obviously have some kids who are struggling more than others with the online learning. So doing more checks, you know, in with them, uh, a lot of meetings, a lot of virtual meetings, you know, to replace the face to face meetings that I would, you know, be having for, you know, um, still trying to figure out how we're going to alternately do events, you know, like our academic awards night that's coming up at the end of April, obviously graduation, you know, um, in May and things like that. So we, we do have a lot of meetings to talk about how to, you know, uh, do things virtually in place of live events. So that, that takes a lot as well. And then just kind of just, you know, small things, you know, a lot of times kids, uh, we'll come by school and I'll put books outside for them that they didn't take home with them or, you know, their locker contents that they didn't clean out before we left. So I'll uh, end up going and doing a lot of that. Um, you know, so that's pretty much it. It's kind of a, it doesn't sound probably like a lot, but it's sporadic and it's, you never know what's going to happen when and kind of thing. And, um, you know, so it's definitely been an adjustment, but one that, you know, you have no choice and have to do it. Mm -hmm. So you guys are taking it day by day, pretty much just like how everybody else is, right? Yeah, yeah day by day, uh, for sure. Um, you know, it's hard to plan a lot of things. You know, people, a lot of people have questions, and that's obvious. But, 
you know, at the end of the day, we're at the mercy of, you know, what we can do based off what the, you know, uh, state government says and the federal government and things like that. So obviously, you know, Governor Lamont's or schools be closed to May 20th. You know, we obviously follow that and we, you know, have to wait and see how that changes. You know, will we will we be back in May? Will it be something, you know, back in some way, shape or form? Uh, will we not be back? And so, you know, we, we try to just go day by day and, and see what we can control and, um, and try to plan things to the best of our ability to give, you know, everyone still a somewhat of a type, uh, type of high school experience at the end here. Mm-hmm. That, so you mentioned graduation. Have you guys thought about that at all? We're in the very early stages. We definitely have thought about it. We're in the early stages of planning what we would do if we can never gather uh, even over the summer. Our graduation was scheduled for uh, May 23rd with the baccalaureate mass on May 22nd. Obviously, those two things are not going to happen on those days. Um, so we've talked about we, we're at the very early stage. We actually have a meeting later on this afternoon to talk as a graduation committee about options. And, you know, one of them is doing some type of virtual graduation in the in the meantime um, and with the hope of having the restrictions lifted, you know, in the summer or something and where we can then gather and honor them in, in person in one way, shape or form. Um, but that's out of our control. So if we're never allowed to do that, we wanted to provide some type of virtual experience for our graduates. You know, we still have um, the intentions of giving out their caps and gowns to them and, you know, trying to schedule a uh, pickup day here at school where they can come in and get all their graduation materials and their diploma case and everything. And so, um, so yeah, it's definitely on our minds and we're going to try to do, do something. And then with the hope down the road that we can actually do a, a live gathering at some point and honor them the way we traditionally do. Yeah, that'd be great. Most definitely. Have you, um, have you or any administration, I know this is a bit of a stretch, but have you guys thought about the future of the fall? Because um, college, I know colleges are like starting to already think about it, but that was just crazy. So have you guys even, has that even crossed your minds yet or? Um, not, not really. No. Cause there's just so much that can change from now until then. We've had some just open conversations administratively of what, we could be faced with in the fall, but you you just don't know. And so it's hard really to plan a, a lot, you know, with the unknown still being out there in so many ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, to, we, we could be faced with challenges come fall still and restrictions in place. And, you know, I've heard, you know, you, you listen to the news, you hear, try to hear different things about their ways to stagger, you know, the school day, or I don't know what that would look like or mean, or reconfigure classrooms for some social distancing. I, yeah, I don't know how you do that really when you have certain, <laughs> you know, your classrooms are a certain size and you got 20, yeah. 25 kids in a class. If you're not going to put them all six feet apart, you know, do kids come to school with masks? You know, I mean, there's just so much, um, still out there but yeah we're we're aware that come fall we could still be in some type of restrictive pat you know uh, environment where we'll have to make decisions and adjustments but it's really hard to say at this point mm-hmm. and then going back to this this semester um dealing with the whole sports being canceled globally um and even in on your level with the baseball team what is that 
like going through that, not being able to coach this season, um, and the hardships, and kind of your perspective on it. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. It's it, you know it, it's so sad. Um, you know, for me as a coach, obviously I coach um, to be around the kids and to make them better young men. You know, it's not all about wins and losses. Yeah, we want to win. You want you're, I'm, I'm very competitive, but at the end of the day why I love sports is you can teach so many life lessons, you know, to your players through any sport and particularly baseball too, I think in in a lot of ways. So not having that opportunity to be out there uh, with my guys who who I miss dearly and and love dearly. And it's hard. It's really hard. And it's, and it's that much harder on them. Um, You know, he, you don't get, you know, so for some kids, their, their playing careers are short, you know, they don't have a future in college or beyond. And then some certainly do. And so these are four precious years that, you know, they're not going to get back uh, a year in, in so many ways. And, and obviously your heart breaks even more for the seniors. You know, we have six seniors on our roster this year who have worked tremendously hard over the years to, for their senior season and not to be able to go out there and, and, and kind of, you know, really get closure to your high school career is tough, you know, and, and there's nothing anybody can really say to make that go away. Um, you know, that's a once in a lifetime experience and that's the hard part. You know, if you're an underclassman, yeah, you still got another year or two. And, and so you get to have that experience, but the seniors, you only get one senior year and, you know, for them not to be out there is, you know, is really, um, disappointing and sad and you know out of everyone's control but still you know um, a a very sad thing for them to endure and you know you look uh, collectively you know missing a whole year even for your younger kids you miss that developmental time with them and we, we were a young team this year like I said only six seniors a lot of juniors, some sophomores that were going to play varsity as well. And so while we were going to be young, it was a great year for development for them. So we're come next year, whether when our current juniors and sophomores are now seniors and juniors, they would have been so much more ready for that varsity level, having the year of you know development under you know us. And so you lose that too. And obviously everybody loses that. Um, but it's just, uh, you know, it's, it stinks. Cause these kids, some kids are, you know, obviously trying to play in college and, this has changed that a bit too for spring sports and how recruiting is going to go and their chances and everything. So it's not, you know, when, if this ends in the next month or two or three or six, it has lasting impact on the kids that want to go and play at the next level because of the uh, NCAA given an extra year of eligibility to everybody. Um, so it's, it's, it's complicated, but at the end of the day, it's, it's just really sad. And, you know, I know a lot of people are depressed over it. And, and again, you try to put things in perspective. There's obviously way more worse things going on out there and people, you know, sick and, and losing their lives and everything else. And, uh, but at the end of the day for these kids, that's what matters most in their world right now. And it's sad they don't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was pretty upset when I saw the winter sports yeah yeah and those and those kids i remember that day actually so uh, quick funny not funny story say it sarcastically but um i was down in the dining hall uh the day that that came down on the winter tournament so i'm at first lunch proctor and um you know mr jaskin actually came down and got me he's like hey we need you to come down and make an announcement and get the kids to the gym. And I said, for what? And they're like, they just canceled all the winter tournament, the remaining winter tournaments. I go, what? I go canceled like completely. He's like, yeah. So we're like, I was just blown away. And so we had to get our um, hockey 
swim team and basketball team down at the gym because those are the three sports that were tournaments were still going on. Wrestling had already finished and uh, which, you know, which was good. And, and they won class L and everything. So we got these three teams down, their coaches talk to them as a separate, as a team. And then administratively we talked to them and, you know, it was, it was, it was hard. And, you know, the, the tears and the sadness, uh, you know, of all the players and it just snatched away from you so quick, you know, and again, you know, waiting four years to play as a senior in your, in your final state tournament. And we had um, some good teams, you know, our basketball team was very senior heavy. They were, they looking to make a run. Our swim team won the SECs for the first time ever. Um, they had a shot to win class L and our hockey team was playing very well. Like they usually do at the end of the season. So, you know, it, it, dreams were, were, were crushed in a matter of seconds that day. And it, um, it was hard. And now you, you look at that and say the spring athletes, don't get anything which is even worse like at least the winter athletes had a full regular season they had uh senior night they had league tournaments these spring seniors have nothing and then that's even worse in, in some ways mm-hmm. yeah that looking back that at the time was like it was crazy to see at the time but then like a couple of weeks went by and you're like all right that was the right thing to yeah, do yeah uh, absolutely kind of- yep no doubt you know uh, and and everybody you know a lot of people were angry obviously didn't understand why um you know, couldn't comprehend it, thought it was a bad decision. And in retrospect, it was a great decision, the right decision, you know, health and safety exactly. first and foremost, the most important thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I know the CIC had protesters at their headquarters. And so now you look at it, it's like, well, they made the right call because everybody followed suit, you know. Um, but still, you know, it doesn't replace the, the the feelings that the kids were going through. But I think they now understand it much more. It's just an unfortunate circumstance. Mm-hmm. And then one more question for you. Uh, it's pretty loaded, so you can split it up however you want. But basically, what do you think, if there has been any change within even administration, you could talk about within you, your department, or the faculty and staff, and, and even the students, what changes have come um, switching from in-person to online? It's a whole nother ball ballgame. Um, so, like, what have you seen as big changes coming both administrative level, faculty level, and even student level. Positive or negative? You can do both. Um, so I, I think positively, um, it, it's great to see how quick we were able to adapt to the online learning. Um, a lot of schools, and, 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 not, and not knocking any other schools, they've had other hoops to jump through that we didn't have to do, fortunately. You know, it took a week or two to get up and running. We were done on Friday, March 13th, and on Monday the 16th, we had our online learning up and running. Now, certainly, we went through some challenges with it in the beginning with students and, and faculty, uh, but parents were very impressed and very appreciative of how quick we were, we were able to train our faculty and be able to um, get you know um, information to the kids and continue the learning process even remotely. So I think it's a testament to our community from the, uh, the top down, everyone just working so hard to make, to make that a reality. And so we didn't really miss a beat and, and everything else. So I, I was very uh, happy with that. But I think what we've learned too is you can't replace face-to-face contact and, 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 and learning in the building. And that's the negative. As, as great as our teachers are doing, 
and as great as our students are doing and, and adapting to it and learning, they're not going to get as much material given to them that they would have in the classroom, you know, so they're going to miss out on some things curriculum wise, you know, that they would have gotten if we were in school every day, you can't replace the face to face contact. And, and, you know, especially at a place like Xavier, which we pride ourselves on educating the whole person. So we've lost some of that, you know, being able to talk and see kids daily and help them with problems in and out of school, you know, you kind of lose that. Um, and that's been a negative, but I think, you know, in the end, it just goes to show how important, you know, face-to-face learning is. And online learning can never fully replace that um, or move towards that, you know, like in a long-term situation down the road. Um, you know, you need to be in school, you know, and I think that's, that's full, you know, even hearing kids, like, you know, every kid I talk to will honestly say, I want to be back in school and like sincerely say that. And you never hear that from any high school kid. Um, but it's true. They, they miss just the, their, their friends, their teachers, the, the camaraderie, the interactions, the, you know, the clubs, the sports, just everything. And, um, you know, I think as a world, you know, what we, they say, we're going to come out of this and be different. I think, you know, we, I think in a one way is we, we should value, you know, what we have much more and take care of it and take care of each other. And so I think that in a lot of ways could be a positive too, that we become a more understanding society, a more, you know, helpful, caring, you know, society too, because of having this distance, you know, between so many people. Um, yeah. Yeah. I kind of want I, connected it back with Springfield College because, you know, their motto is basically what you guys preach as well, spirit, mind, and body. And it's that face-to-face contact, like you said, it's so vital to growing the whole person. I feel like Springfield College does it like just as well, if not um, better level than you guys do it. So um, I appreciate what you guys have done and like that was just great. Yeah, to hear. no, that's that's I think you know one you know if you're gonna educate the whole person, you, you gotta be in front of them. You know, like we're still doing it and doing it okay, but to do it to the best of your ability, the most effective. You know, as you know, as as a Xavier grad, you know when you leave here, you're prepared for life, not just the academic rigor of college, but you're prepared for life and everything that it throws at you. And that's what I think you lose by not being around people here and and having the you know and yet having the assemblies and presentations and the experiential piece you're not getting that now and so they are losing some of that um again we're trying to do the best we can with it by reaching out to everyone and having contact with all our students but it's just not the same um so i think this shows us the importance of being together on a daily basis and 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 how our education system you know does work you know the way that it's designed uh, for the most part and this is a just a, a stopgap for now to get us through hopefully and hopefully one day get back to normal as we knew it. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for doing this for me. I appreciate yeah, no, it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I always love talking, you know, uh, about Xavier and especially to alums. And um, so it's great to hear from you and uh, you're doing well in the family. And um, so, no, so yep. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Well, we're always going to be tired. Absolutely. <laughs> no doubt. Always and forever. I say, yep. All right. All right, Zach. Thanks, buddy. Say hi to everybody for me, too. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Stay well. Bye-bye.
I have a lot of takeaways that came from um, speaking with Mr. Shredder and having him on the podcast. I want to thank him for for participating um, with me here. Um, it was great to hear from him again. But you know, I I took away a lot from what he shared with me, and and one of the more important things I think I took away was that um, you know during school in school he was always you know making sure you're you're disciplined and and getting through school well enough whereas you know now until the end of the academic year and and who knows about the future um which you mentioned but now it it seems like everybody's in it together um and everybody's trying to get through you know day by day week by week so i feel like he's very he's using his um skills as best he can and you know, just helping the kids and helping the students, the rest of the faculty, his his peers and, and administrators, um, just to get through, um, you know, like I said, day by day, week by week, because there's so many unknowns with this pandemic that it just seems best to function as like Xavier is right now, day by day. Speaking with him was also a blessing because not only did I get the uh, lens of a administrator speaking about his school, but you know, I I heard a lot about you know a coach who just lost his spring season, another one in the books that what could have been is not there anymore. You know, head baseball coach who unfortunately had his whole season canceled due to the pandemic. Um, you know, you can hear it in his voice. And I'm sure the students feel the same way. They just want to be back. Um, this is so unprecedented and really not normal to have no sports whatsoever going on at any level for any reason. Um, it's just weird. It's just plain weird. And you can hear it in his voice how badly he wants to be back, how bad he wants the opportunity to compete. Um, you know, Mr. Shredda is known as a as a very competitive guy. Um, you know, looking for the best for for the students he's he's working with, not only um, in the school but on the baseball field. Um, you know, and it's it's hard to to listen to that. And realize that, you know, you don't get a chance at this season, but there's always next year. But then again, what could have been this year for those seniors? It just, it breaks my heart. There was a similar feeling across high school sports in Connecticut when the CIAC, um, what seems like forever ago, um, they canceled the winter sports tournament. Um, you know, seniors' hearts were crushed because their final season, they wouldn't get that closure of, you know, competing for, for a championship. But, you know, at the time, it seemed like such a, you know, harsh and crazy scenario. Um, like Mr. Shredda said, it, it was totally unexpected and stuff like that. But now looking back on the timeline of this pandemic, that was right around the time when right before um, the NBA and the NHL seasons were, were canceled, postponed, however you want to say it. Um, that was like a couple of days 
prior to that happening. That was when I was still in school in a physical classroom, um, and that happened. That was still when Xavier High School was functioning as a normal high school, not virtual yet. Um, it's just crazy how this timeline has worked out. And speaking of time, what also stood out to me was how Xavier was ma- able to manage to go from March 13th, which was Friday the 13th, as everyone remembers that month of March as a hectic one. They were able to go from that day to scroll through the weekend to March 16th, that following Monday, as their first online virtual class day. It blows my mind how they were able to adapt that quickly. Um, bringing it back to Springfield College, you know, that was our that was the beginning of our spring break. March 13th was, you know, us leaving for spring break, possibly going on vacation if this pandemic wasn't happening. But, you know, those all got canceled. But on a side note, it took Springfield College two weeks to fully adapt to an online learning system. And you could argue that teachers still don't get it or maybe they do too much or whatever the case may be. It's just the timeline of all this happening has really evolved and it took at time as we knew it, you know, a month ago, a little over a month ago now actually, but still it's, it's all crazy. And, you know, I'm sure a year from now, we're going to look back on this, look at the timeline, look at how long this pandemic lasted and you're just going to appreciate the time that you had, the time that you wept, the time that you celebrated, and, you know, life will hopefully be back to normal. Overall, there's only so many words that you can describe this pandemic as as it's really affected the lives of many in so many different ways. But those who stand out are the ones who still inspire. Those frontline workers can't even be categorized in any other occupation as they've done the most incredible job in keeping our country afloat. Um, But there are people in the educational world like Mr. Shredder who still serve as a big inspiration. and. He proved to me that he is still one of those valuable figures, um, not only in the Xavier community, but the community of Connecticut as a whole. Um, He is looked up to by many, and um, really, um, he offered a a lot of, you know, calmness and and really hope for the future. And I I really hope we can get back to that sort of sense of um, good hope for the future, because right now in a world full of Um, worry and, you know, paranoia, uh, precaution, so many different things affecting, you know, life and death situations. Um, It really comes down to just, you know, getting by day by day. I, you know, Xavier stressed that tremendously. Mr. Brachek and Mr. Shredda stressed that tremendously to me. And really, I think it's something that everybody should all be living by right now take life day by day don't overdo it don't underdo it keep living the way you are and we will turn out just fine
As for episode two, that's all I got, folks. This is Zach signing off. Thanks again. Thank you.